What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sid. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Missing Persons, and welcome to the new listeners. Before we get started on today's episode, a little bit of business. We have another show, Speaking of Murders, so make sure you're checking that out. If you like this, you'll probably like that. Um, If you want to see photos associated with today's episode, check out our socials. We post them there. They're linked in the show notes. We have an Instagram and a Facebook. If you want more episodes, check out our Patreon That's also linked in the show notes. We put out bonus episodes every other week. And if you subscribe, you'll get a shout-out on the show. So go there, check that out, and you'll get all of our normal episodes ad-free. And if you have a case that you want to hear on the show, send that to our email, speakingofmissingpersons at gmail.com. And uh, we'll shout you out whenever we do the case suggestions. So look forward to that. So all of that said, Sarah, tell us about a missing person. Love to, Bob. Okay, so this story goes with the story, kind of, that I told about Elaine Park. Happened in the same place. The Triangle in California? Yeah. And I have one more story that happened here, but you'll have to listen to it on Patreon. So this is about a guy named Matthew Weaver Jr., So like a lot of 21-year-olds, Matthew was at a crossroads in life. He had just broken up with his longtime girlfriend, Vanessa, and moved out of his grandmother's house and into an apartment in Granada Hills, California. Big moves. He had grown up in Simi Valley, California, which was just a short distance from his new apartment. In Full Valley? Sure. Sure. (laughs) just keep rolling yeah (laughs) simi valley was about an hour northwest of los angeles and was right next to the santa monica mountains which is where the malibu canyon is located which we talked about in the last missing person this area has many parks and hiking trails but also has extremely steep cliffs and very rough terrain. Remember that. It's not an easy place to go hiking if you're not on a trail. Okay. okay. Is that, like, that's the same area where they found that girl's car? Yes. Okay. If if you're wondering what I'm talking about, listen to... Um, uh, Elaine Park. Elaine Park, the Elaine Park episode. Matthew was one of four children... He was very close to his father and had recently gotten a job with him working on telephone poles. Okay. I couldn't find really anything about his mother. Uh, In an interview later, his dad would say he had abandonment issues. So I'm assuming that's from his mother. I'm sorry. I was going to make a joke, but I'm not going to touch that with a 20-foot pole. Good. (laughs) And he just did. I know. 
Ha ha. So Matthew is described by loved ones as being an animal lover, especially dogs. He wanted to travel the world and always had a smile on his face. Vanessa said that he changed after their breakup and started drinking a lot. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. But I was, like, thinking about it. He's 21. Is mm-hmm. that really, like, that? No. I mean, and he had just gotten a job. I mean, it can be problematic because at 21... I'm not saying it's not problematic. I'm saying is it really a It's just not uncommon. It's not really uncommon. Oh, no. It's if not uncommon at all. But the problem is at 21, you haven't figured out your drinking limit completely. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can get yourself into trouble? Uh, yes. Yeah. Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. You haven't learned the art of telling yourself no yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, on August 9th, 2018, Matthew went to his boss's house to pick up $400 that his boss owed him. It's kind of unclear if this was like his weekly paycheck or for something else. Like maybe he did a side job for him or something. He might have just covered his shift. All that they really say is that this $400 was given to him in cash. I mean, that sounds like my job. <laughs> when someone manages for a manager, they get handed cash. I had a for job like job. that in my 20s where my boss, he bounced my paycheck a couple of times. <laughs> um, Been there. And so yeah. I would show up, you know, he would be like, oh, well, I, I, I got, I'll, I'll get you money. Just uh, uh, come over uh, this day. I'd show mm-hmm. up and he'd give me cash. Hey. Yeah. Well, as soon as my bank threatened to stop taking my paychecks, I was like, all right, dude, time to find a new job. <laughs> <laughs> so after he picked up this cash, he went to his father's, whose name is obviously Matthew Sr. While there, he asked his dad if he could see his gun. While holding it, he took a Snapchat. With the caption, game over. Okay. This is giving me um, Danny Phantom fanboy killer vibes. Yeah, well, what you're going to see here, remember, it's 2018. Matthew uses Snapchat a lot. Almost exclusively. Yeah. Me too. I don't understand people like that, (laughs) but I know they exist. (laughs) Looking at you. (laughs) After he left his dad's house, he drove to pick up a girl named Melissa Sanchez. They had not known each other very long. It, some said they met, like, after he moved into this apartment. Like, she either lived in that apartment complex or lived nearby. Okay. He got to her house around 9 p.m. They went to Walmart, a gas station, to get gas. And then, according to Melissa... They stopped to buy marijuana and cocaine. Oh shit! Okay, whoa. He's <laughs> <laughs> really, quickly. really going for it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like the marijuana. I'm like, okay, chill time. But also the cocaine. That's kind of counterintuitive too, though. Yeah, isn't it? I have it heard is. cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> so bye. Yeah. Some reports say they then spent the night driving around while others say they just sat in front of her house in the car. Either way, they were together until 5 a.m. on August 10th. I think 
either could be true depending on which <laughs> one of those two drugs they decided to do. True. Right. And I just realized that we're doing the story and it happened like in August, August 10th. Oh, yeah. She s- so she said that he became very emotional at one point, even crying, which she thought was weird. Okay. That seems so like the, they did the marijuana. Since, no, the cocaine. Yeah. Since they barely knew each other, she was like, oh, whoa, dude, what is happening? Yeah, that's the cocaine. Kind of a deal. I don't know. I've Especially had- if, like, was this his first time ever trying hard drugs? No idea. Like I said, Snapchat plays a role in this. And that's how we have a timeline for parts of his morning. So at 5.15 a.m., he turned off of the highway. Hold on. He turned off of the 101 highway in Calabasas and onto the Mulholland Parkway. Oh, so he had his location turned on. It's probably just Mulholland. Mulholland Parkway. Okay. Not that from makes California. Sense. So again, you see we're in the same area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At five thirty four AM he turned onto Stunt Road and drives ten to eleven minutes. Stunt Road is located in the heart of the Santa Monica Mountains. Matthew stopped his car near the intersection of Stunt Road and Saddle Peak Road. There's a parking lot there, and it's like a popular lookout area. Okay, so it's like a bluff situation? Yeah, kind of like where Elaine's car was found. It's like on this bluff-like area. Okay. Vanessa would later say that this was his favorite spot to go, that he loved driving the mountain roads. And off this parking lot, there is an access road that is blocked by a large metal gate. Behind the gate was supposed to be for employees only. The gate had locks and there was signs posted all around it that said no trespassing private property. Okay. Hmm. Either the gate had not been locked or Matthew figured out how to open it because he drove this narrow asphalt road until he came to a fork. So he went, th- he drove his car through this gate that was supposedly locked. He got to the fork. He took the fork until the road became a dirt road. Okay. Okay. He comes to a point where it is too narrow for a car to fit and there's nowhere to turn his car around. The only way t- to go back was if he reversed his car the whole way. Okay. Matthew's car gets stuck on a boulder, but no one knew this until hours later when a call comes in saying someone heard screaming from a man and a woman in that area. Oh, boy. At 8 a.m., Matthew calls his dad, but got no answer. Nothing is known about what Matthew did from 8 a.m. until 11.58 a.m. when he tried calling melissa the girl he was hanging out with she also did not answer but she texted him back to let him know she was working their text message exchange was she said i'm at work what's up then he said like some crazy is going on shit going on okay 
Then he said, I just want to talk while I have the chance. After this, his phone either died or was turned off. Melissa did not text him back until an hour later, asking him if he was okay, but she never got a response. I wonder if your phone goes, like, if you lose service, does it react the same way as if it's turned off? Does it go straight to voicemail? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's possible that he could have just not been in a a good service area. Like, let's just say, I mean, his car's stuck on a boulder. He starts walking. Right. He starts walking and loses service. That's not hard to believe in the mountains. Right. So 24 hours later, the Calabasas Police Department receive a call that someone heard a distress call in that area. The report was that they heard what sounded like a man and a woman calling for help. But people didn't find anything except an abandoned car during their search. The car, a silver BMW, was registered to Matthew Weaver Sr. Police called him to let him know they found the car. And this is how he found out Matthew was missing. Oh, damn. It's because they found the car. Boy. This area was very popular for hiking, even though it was off limits. Like, you weren't supposed to hike there. Right, but, I mean... Right. You have people that don't follow that, obviously. So, locals had a hard time believing that no one saw Matthew at all before his car was found. Because people were in that area all the time. Matthew's family immediately started searching for him. They believed he needed help. Like, that he had walked away from his car into the woods and needed help. Yeah, it's a reasonable assumption. Right. At first, they found nothing. Police told them they would bring in helicopters to search the area, but it was later discovered that never happened. The police said it was because there was no evidence of a crime being committed. Seriously? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a crime to find a missing person. Yeah, but they refused to use helicopters. Especially if their car is stranded. Like, their car, his car was obviously stranded yeah, there. Yeah, what if he would have, like, fallen and, like, broken his leg and was, like, laying somewhere and really needed help? You don't need a crime to... Yeah, that's a dumb excuse. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, they should have been looking at this not from a perspective of, oh, well, a crime wasn't committed, but, It like, should have been, like, a, a rescue. Search and rescue. Yeah, search and rescue. Yeah. Like... This kid is missing in the fucking mountains. Let's get up there. And yeah, and people have reported numerous times of hearing somebody screaming for help. Yeah. <sighs> well, eight days after Matthew disappeared. Oh, oh shit. Fucked at that point. Melissa would post a Snapchat that had web sleuths scratching their heads and believing that something else was going on that involved her. In the video, she was talking about how stupid everyone was for thinking she was involved or knew anything about Matthew. It's said she showed no emotion during the video and had little regard for him. At the end, she says, bitch, I ain't capable of that. That's a whole ass body. The fuck? Yeah. Okay. So people were like pointing out that she called him a body and of course... she was the last person to see him or text him. So they're like, why are you making this Snapchat video calling him a body? It was, yeah. It's very weird to people. 
I think context is going to be important for that because honestly, if there is proof that he was texting her while she was at work, right? And he was. Not, I don't think she had anything to do with that. I don't think so either. I think honestly, this is. She fucking felt under attack and acted irrationally and put herself right in the fucking crosshairs of Mm -hmm. web sleuths and detectives alike going, why the fuck would you say that? Yeah. Why would you say that? What do you know? Yeah, I agree. When really it's just someone fucking... Was accusing her of... Well, she's... And this is exactly why I think she's acting the way that she's acting when she does this. It has very little to do with him it's self-preservation mode yeah she's trying to protect herself fuck you blah 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 i mean she's not going to be concerned about him at that point she's going to be concerned about why the fuck are you attacking me yeah because i'm sure since she was the last person that got texts from him that they questioned her oh yeah and because she was the last person to see him she definitely got questioned. Yeah, I, but the I evidence more or less points to him getting stuck and then walking away. Well, for real, trying to walk somewhere and right. getting—that's what I mean. Her the weird loss, thing to whatever. me is why he wouldn't walk back the way he drove in, because then it would have taken him to the main road. That's the only thing that doesn't make sense. Is why not dro- oh, no, walk I down mean, that dirt okay. road you drove on? What I'm getting at is he was maybe doing that. And then something else happened. Well, I will speak from personal experience here. Thank God I didn't become a missing person. <laughs> but I, in my 20s, had a confidence issue where I had too much of it when I didn't really, I shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> and so if I had it in my head that I could get somewhere using a shortcut because I knew, well, it's in that direction <laughs> and start walking in that direction, um, I would think that I would get faster, get there, get there faster? faster doing that than taking a main road because I know it's fucking that way. So I'm just going to fucking walk that way. Like I can handle <laughs> the shit. Um, I could see that being something that may have happened here. Yeah. So months went by without any sign of Matthew. Then a hiker found the key to his BMW just 25 feet from where his car was found. So they didn't even look around the car. Nothing else would be found until the family decided out of frustration with the police to hire a drone pilot to take photos of the area. With how steep the terrain is and how covered in brush, they could not search everywhere. Like, it's not possible. Okay. You'll learn in the Patreon that a lot of these places in this area have to get to them. You have to be flown in by a helicopter. Oh, shit. That's how, like, remote and full of brush and woods and dense it is and rocky. So, the drone took 797 photos. Oh, shit. And the family uploaded them to their website, which is called MatthewWeaver.tips, so the public could help them search. It would be in one of these photos that someone saw something red on the ground where the family... Sorry. They saw something red on the ground. When the family went to the location, they found Matthew's red Los Angeles Angels baseball hat. They also found... 
a ripped up white t-shirt with what appeared to be dried blood on it. So someone searching these photos saw something red and sent the tip, like sent the photo to the family and was like, there's something red in this photo. They went to that area and they found his hat and a t-shirt they think belongs to him. Have they done, have they gotten any blood test done on it? We're going to talk about it. So the items that were found, the family handed over to the former head of the search and rescue at the Malibu Hills station. They remained in an evidence locker for three months with the family begging the LAPD to pick up the shirt and have it tested for Matthew's DNA. This did not happen until Matthew Sr. reached out to a newspaper for help. The results came back inconclusive. Shitty. Oh, fucking course they did. That's ridiculous. And that's sad that you have to fucking fight yeah. with police departments to follow cases. And you have to go through, like, to the lengths of contacting news stations to and different them. media to get them to, like, start acting on stuff. Yeah. yeah, basically you have to call them out publicly to be like, well, they ain't doing their job right. On top of this, the LAPD has continued to ignore the family's request for information, including the initial police report. Because the family wants the police report. They should just well, be able yeah. to file for it. Yeah, wouldn't that be under Freedom of Information? Yes. Yes. They have been given the runaround by all agencies involved the day his car was found. The police involved mishandled almost everything. Of course. The family was told that homes in the area had been asked for any security footage from that day, but when they asked to see this footage or at least information about it, they were told they never asked for any footage from neighbors. Like, they don't know who told them that. And they also claim that the initial report, they'll be like, oh, well, the Calabasas police did it. Oh, no, the LAPD did it. So they don't have a report. Right. Nobody wrote a report. Pretty much. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's fucked up. So let's talk about what people think happened. So theories. I already know my theory. The first one people believe is suicide. No. Me either. It's believed because he had just ended a long-time relationship, was drinking, possibly doing drugs, that this could have put him in a state of mind to take his own life. But people point out that he loved this area and was somewhat familiar with it. And the problem others have with this theory is that Matt was not known to have a weapon at this time. So how would he have committed suicide? Well, and beyond that, I think it's kind of ridiculous because he texted Melissa right. saying, hey, dude, there's some crazy shit going on out here. Like, yeah. That's not someone who's like, shit's about to get fucking wild. Like, I'm about to. Mm, no, that's some shit's going on. This is insane. Like, I whoa, mean, this is someone who's about to go investigate some shit. Right. Or someone that, I don't know, could have stumbled upon uh, the many of serial killers that have probably <laughs> hunted this fucking area. Okay, put on your tinfoil hats. It's could have been some alien shit. Could have. I'm just saying, I was listening to 
stories of people who have ran into serial killers and not known that they escaped said serial killers. Well, it happens all the time. All the time. Right. And one of them, they were walking through the woods and they had actually stepped on a dead body and they just got uncomfortable and they took off running the other way. And in all reality, they had stumbled upon Ted Bundy. Oh, shit. And gotten away from him. Hmm. Interesting. It's the line in the text message of just want to talk while I still can. That can have multiple meanings. Yeah. I honestly attribute that to he's aware of the fact that he's in the mountains. I understand it could be like I want to talk while I still have service. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, it could be taken in a completely different context. I I get it. It could be... I, I, while I still can service, while I still can suicide, while I still can, I'm about to go investigate some weird ass shit and it seems dangerous. Bing bong. That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So a lot of people question the suicide theory also because there's been no body found. And if he was going to, people believe if he was going to commit suicide, without a weapon he wouldn't have had to go that deep into the mountains to do that most people when they commit suicide want want to be be found found. so the next theory is accident like i said no one knows for sure that matthew was on drugs that night they are just going by what melissa said there's no like proof he was on any kind of drugs but if you take her word he did cocaine, smoked marijuana, and was drinking. So if this is true, did he wander away from his car so intoxicated that he suffered some kind of accident that caused his death? I mean, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. It's believed his car became stuck around the time he called his dad. So that was at 8 a.m. Right. Then there are three hours unaccounted for. Before he calls Melissa to say something crazy is going on and that he wanted to talk while he could. So there's three hours that we have no idea what was happening up there in the mountains before he even tried to call Melissa. I mean, he could have been doing the drugs then. Well, according to her, they did the drugs together. Okay. He's just saying maybe he hit stash more. You never know. He could call have been me, doing a lot of things. You know call me a conspiracy theorist if you want, but I feel like this dude might have stumbled on some like secret government shit. Or my thing is is because I know this this story I'm gonna tell in um Patreon. The Patreon. He could have stumbled upon a marijuana growing farm Ooh. because those were pretty prevalent there. Yeah. Uh, and weeds. they're run by the Mexican cartel. They've been busted quite a bit in that area. Uh-oh. I mean, that makes sense. All I thought of when you said that was the show Weeds. True. It did happen in California. But we'll learn in my Patreon that the park rangers spend quite a lot of their time in this area looking for marijuana grow farms to try to bust them. And that the Mexican cartel is a very prominent in this area. Oh, that just reminds me of Pineapple Express, too. I don't know. I'm getting, what is the uh, deliverance? Square like a piggy! Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible movie, but I, I mean, am getting, like, that kind of yeah, feeling. I can see that. 
I don't think so, it's a terrible movie. It's fucked up, though. I, that's what I meant by oh. terrible. Not as in, like... The movie's bad. Just that the, the concept what of it, the movie yes. is terrible. So, we have to keep going here. We have to also remember, it was August. In this area, it was 98 degrees. I was going to say it was going to be hot. So and if humid. If he was out in the elements without water... He could have suffered from dehydration or heat stroke. Some of Matthew's friends did come forward later and say that a few days before he disappeared, he suffered a head injury. Oh. Whatever happened was to the back of his head, and he hit it hard enough to make it bleed. They said he had been acting a little weird since then, but... His parents knew nothing about this head injury. I mean, that could have just been a minor brain bleed that just... I don't think there is such a thing as a minor brain. If you're bleeding in your brain... It's pretty major. I mean, if he's concussed... If he just got, like, a cut on the back of his head from getting hit, that would bleed. I mean, yeah, he could have had a concussion, though. Yeah, if he was concussed... On top of possibly doing drugs and drinking, not the... That's a recipe for a bad day. Right. Yeah. The other theory is foul play, obviously. There are actually a lot of people that believe some kind of foul play took place. This area was known as a party area. And if you look up photos, it has been tagged with a lot of graffiti. Even though the cameras did not pick up anyone else going into the area, they say that they could have entered out of view of the camera like he was maybe followed in there because that gate had a security camera it saw him go in but didn't pick up anyone else going in after him doesn't mean they weren't already there doesn't mean they didn't go around the camera and just walk up in there right they point a lot to the text message of something crazy is going on like that why would you say that Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless something crazy was going on. And a lot of people believe Shauna's theory that there's some kind of serial killer in this area because of other missing persons cases or murder victims that have been reported in this area, such as Elaine Park. There's also someone named Tristan Bodet. There's an Anthony Rod. And... The one we are going to talk about on Patreon is a girl named Mitrice Richardson. Okay, so hear me out where this theory came from. Uh, back in the day, there used to be two kill- two serial killers that basically did that. They they drove around the mountains of California until they came across access roads like that, and they broke open an unlocked gate and a, a gate, and that's where they would dump their victims. I and don't know. so, I mean, it's definitely possible. It's entirely possible. The thing is, is that police say none of these cases are related. Well, of course they do. I mean, they seem kind of related to me if they're all in the same spot or same area when they go missing. To me, like the Elaine Park and Matthew's case are the most similar because they were in the same area. The only thing that was ever found of theirs is their cars. Which, right. Yeah, that's pretty fucking off similar. of a bluff, off of the same road, mm. like in the same area. In the same area. It's very weird. So Matthew 
is a Caucasian male, five foot nine, 160 pounds. He was either wearing a white or black t-shirt, black Dickies pants, red shoes, and the Los Angeles Angels baseball cap that they found. He had a tattoo on his left chest of his uncle's name, which said Jeremiah. And there is a $50,000 reward for information that leads to Matthew. I'm sure that was fa- I guess that was family Family. Race. And if you have any tips, you can email the website that I gave earlier, which was... Matthew Weaver Matthew tips. Weaver dot tips, which is you can go and search the photos that they have to see if you see anything. Yeah, so if you're good at playing Where's Waldo or I Spy, please go look. I knew Bobby was gonna <laughs> laugh at that. But I mean it is I, it's a skill. It is a skill. Or if you would like, you can call the LAPD at two one three nine nine six eighteen hundred. All right. Holy smokes. That is why. Okay. Personally, I don't think he's still with us. No, I don't either. No. Unfortunately, I, yeah, I don't think, but, you know, until we know, the hope is still there. Absolutely. So keep it alive. Keep the hope alive. Keep looking until we find answers. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, let us know. Don't forget to hop on wherever you're listening. Leave us five stars. Leave a review. It helps us get out to more people so they can hear about all of these crazy stories. And uh, don't forget to check out the Patreon so you can hear uh, the other missing person from this area and get other bonus episodes and get a shout-out on the show. So does anyone have any final thoughts? No. The Patreon's not about a missing person. Oh, it's not? No. Oh. She was found. Oh, boy. Well. Oh, interesting. The plot thickens. Mm. All right. Well, we'll see y'all back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.